Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Off the Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore, it's another episode. Do you know what? I feel like I've said this a lot. I always record these intros and outros after the uh, I, I finish recording the episode. And I've obviously got headphones on, so as I say it, my voice is kind of booming in my own ears. And I think I have said, hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host that bit. Well, I know I've said it 447 times now. It's quite a lot. Um, but you'd be surprised how many times I have to press stop, redo it, press stop, redo it, because I ball something up. Um, so hopefully, this is currently the first take. So so fingers crossed, we'll um, this one will make the the podcast um my guest today is liz uh from the befs and it's a wonderful chat um we're not talking to her from a, a home country of uh, new zealand she's currently mid-tour uh, with the befs uh in north carolina i believe uh, at the time of recording um it's a wonderful chat um they're a ace band if you've not checked them out i suggest you do so um before we get on to the chat a few little things that i have to say um well i want to say and i want to say thank you to scrivius pip and uh everybody at the distraction pieces network there's some great podcasts over there uh go check them out um thanks to 76 for producing this I'd like to thank all my Patreons as well because um, I've had a big surge in Patreons. Um, I'm starting to do uh, a weekly, uh, sorry, a monthly uh, live show on, on Zoom. And so what I would do is, um, it costs you a dollar a month, by the way, to be a Patreon. Um, and then what we do is everybody can uh, join me on Zoom. Uh, camera on, camera off, microphone on, microphone off, whatever you want. You can be as, as quiet as you want or you can be as vocal as you'd like. Um, and I'll do an episode, um, and each episode I'll base it around one of the questions. So um, the first one being uh, favourite intro. And so you can all join in and we'll all talk about our favourite intros and just have a bit of a nerdy chat. Uh, and so, yeah, anybody that would like to join that, then then head over to the Patreon. And not only uh, do you get that once a month, you get to watch all the episodes uh, completely ad-free. I put all the videos of all of these episodes up over there um i put together little radio shows lots of little mixtapes and sometimes i release episodes up front as well ad free so um you get to hear them uh before they get released to the uh, the masses uh so yeah you can find out about that at off the beat and track no it's not there well you can go there you can go to the website off the beat and track podcast.com 
uh, or it's just Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash off the beat and track. Uh, yeah, go check it out. The link's in the bio of us on, on all the socials and, and like I say, it's on the website. But yeah, come along to one of the live shows and uh, yeah, I want to know what you're into as well. I want to know the first song that you had an emotional uh, had emotional impact on you. I'd be really curious. Um, you know I'm a nerd and and, uh, and I'm a bit nosy, so I like to kind of ask about you know the impact that these songs had on people so um yeah this is your chance if you're a listener um you get to come on and and, and guest on it and and the live shows we'll we'll, we'll release it as well we'll um we'll put a, a little uh audio recording of it together and, uh, and we'll put it out at some point as well so uh you get to feature on an episode um and essentially that one dollar a month that 80 pence a month um We'll give you access to the complete back catalogue, hundreds and hundreds of hours of stuff. Um, but yeah, it essentially just means you're supporting the podcast and the production and and at its very essence, meaning that I get to continue to put out two episodes for free each week because it's quite a lot of work. And uh, and not that I'm, I'm begrudging it. I love doing it. And uh, yeah, but if you want to support it, that's where you can do it anyway. Also, if uh, you're a Beths fan that have just come over here and it's your first time listening, how are you all doing? Uh, it's lovely to have you. Um, you're late because we've had over 400 episodes out, as you heard me banging on about a moment ago. Um, go check out the back catalogue. Um, they're all free and you can hear me chatting to all sorts. Um, you can hear me chatting to the Wombats. You can hear me chatting to... The Wonder Stuff, 90s bands uh, like Carter, The Unstoppable Sex Machine, EMF, uh, through to lots of your, your naughty's big bands like The Kooks, The Killers, The Kaiser Chiefs, uh, The Libertines. Uh, they're all on there. And then more modern stuff like Sleep of Mods, Idols, through to Rock Royal, Eli Motley Crew and The Foo Fighters. All your favourite comedians, super producers and DJs like Butch Vig, Darren Emerson, Paul Oakenfold. Oh, God, the list goes on. The best thing to do is just go and subscribe and then you won't miss anything um, because they're going to be coming at you thick and fast now, by the way. We've got some amazing guests coming your way. Um, but, yeah, if you're new to it, you've got a lot of catching up to do. So go and cherry pick all your favourites and uh, and start making your way through. But welcome. Anyway... You need everything you need to know about the podcast, social media, Patreon, anything off the beat and track podcast.com. Anyway, I know why you're here and it's not to hear me lisping and, and, and trying to sell your stuff. Um, you're here for today's episode. So please enjoy off the beat and track podcast with the Beths. Sorry, ladies and gents, I've just got to jump in quickly and tell you that this podcast is proud to be in partnership with Hotel Chocolat. That's right. Hotel Chocolat, those people that make all the delicious chocolatey stuff, right? They have been my partner now for close to two years, and I can't thank them enough. Um, and the one way that I can kind of help them is by telling all you lot about what they're up to. You know all about the chocolate stuff because you, you go and get your chocolates from there. But some of you like a little tipple of booze, right? So if you do, you need to check out their velvetized cream range. So what they've done is they've got loads of all your favourite spirits, and then they've added their lovely chocolatey, magic-y stuff to it. 
So you can get like, uh, my favourite is the mint chocolate one. Go check out their mint chocolate velvetized cream because it is delicious. The salted caramel one will blow your socks off as well. There's loads. You need to go and check out uh, the alcohol range that um, Hotel Chocolat do. And I'm proud to tell you that this podcast is in partnership with Hotel Chocolat. Go check them out. But right now, get back to the podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Okay, we are recording. Liz, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right, thank you. Um, well, look, let's jump straight in. And you've got your, your tracks to hand. Um, and we always start the playlist uh, by kicking it off with the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro, please. Right. Um, so this song is uh, I Am A Tree by Guided By Voices. That's a cracker, right? It's just a great intro. Um, <laughs> I I would never profess to be like a, a like a, a huge fan. I'm, I'm a filthy casual uh, only yeah. when it comes to Guided By Voices. I, I only know I've just sent a kind of a compilation album, I think. But um, I just, this, that, just the one note thing start and the riff, yeah. it just makes you want to play a guitar. And I think it's, it's very hard to not play a guitar to that to that riff. I know they're the furthest thing from it, but there's something a little bit hair metal about that intro. The guitar sound and that, it just sounds like it could be some kind of FM Radio 80s American rock track. Yeah, it's Guided by Voices, which is the complete opposite of that. But I don't know. Like I've not heard that track for a long time. And I thought, I'd better stick it on again and have another listen before we do this. And it is, uh, firstly, it's, it's incredible. But, yeah, it just kind of smacks of only the, the intro. I think the rest of it then just kind of goes into Guided by Voices territory. But there's just something a little bit, a little bit hair metal about it. Yeah, and I, I, really, I really connect with that. Eh? Like I, there was, I think it was the first song that I heard by them. And I was like, this is great. And then I was just, like quite surprised at the, the variety yeah, of, yeah. of different kind of production over the rest of, um, the rest of what I heard, and, um, uh, which is also great. But I just uh, I have a real soft spot for just like a – a sick riff yeah. um, in italics. <laughs> well, I want to ask you about songwriting and uh, uh, and intros, essentially. And in in a time as a you know as a young band that are trying to kind of you know really get out there and make it happen, then there's so many ways that are different from perhaps when when I grew up that that being in bands when you try and market your band then and try and get as heard by as many people as you can. The way that it's done now seems very different. It's It seems to be involving things like Spotify playlists and, 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 and things like featuring like on TikTok and things like that. Now, you know, we're hearing like A&R companies are, are checking bands, TikTok numbers and stuff like that, which which is a bit surreal, but I guess times change and, and, and the way that people get their music evolves. And what I want to ask you, Liz, is, do any of them things ever filter through into your creative process when you're writing? Um, I think we're quite, we are quite lucky. Like we're not, um, we don't have a label that's super pushing for that. Um, and I don't know that I'll like our, <laughs> we're not, we're not, I feel like the kind of band that would kind of, I think break through in that way and like a super viral no, no, like... I, I didn't necessarily mean it as because I know a lot of what I just said does apply to mainstream pop acts, but then again, mm. there's still, uh, you know, is that kind of thing of getting on Spotify playlists and 
and hooking people right from the beginning because attention spans definitely are shortening. And, and I just wonder if when you're writing intros, is that ever a consideration of like, right, let's grab them. Like, like that Guided by Voices, the minute that starts, it's like, this is fucking cool. And like, where's this going? And like, I just yeah wonder how much consideration is, is given to that, if any. It's like, for us, it's like, it's not much, but like, it's probably there a little bit. Like, it's just, but it's, it's mostly practical things, right? Where like, um, yeah, like if you have a long ambient intro or something like that, then if it's on a single, then it might mean that it's it's harder sure. to play. Or like, you know, a thing that is quite fun to do where like you have a long extended ending and maybe there's a bit of quiet for something and yeah. or like a some, so I feel like that's the kind of thing, that's the level that we're kind of um, working with in terms of, taking it that in consideration because it's like when you say playlisting like there are there is like big playlists right like um what's it called uh, that you that are kind of like the new radio or something like that but even there's still also like playlisting is such an important part of like just individual people's lives i feel like yeah. like a lot of people and you know it feels like you want to feel like your song could feel comfortable on just a mix that someone makes for themselves that just makes them feel good and you're not trying to um yeah purposely alienate them by putting like a really long intro like you know ambient um intro ending but i mean that's it's it's everyone's own prerogative to make the art that they want to make but um i don't feel like it's too much of a (laughs) imposition to me to not make a a very kind of long indulgent kind of intro ending because i'm still i'm if you're trying to write i am trying to write pop music and i feel like well like pop songs with with guitar and i still feel like there's an element of trying to like hook people anyway or hook my own attention span yeah. of, um, and try to make something that's going to capture I don't want to make myself bored with my yeah. own song yeah that's not a good start <laughs> yeah I don't think that's a, a, a good achievement okay let's take you back and for track two I'm going to ask you please to tell me the first song that you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you please yeah first first is interesting because it's not like most emotional impact just like first so I, I think my older sisters were like five seven years older um so they were alive just kind of like in in the 80s and uh, over that early 90s period and they were big um mariah carey fans and also just this song what is it? it's one sweet day by mariah carey and boys to men mm-hmm. and it's um it's so like everything about it listening to it the, the production and the songwriting it's like I mean, it's a song about death, like, mm. <laughs> um, and like dealing with that. And it's, it's obviously, it's, it's a religious song as well. Like it's about, you know, it's referencing heaven. And I was like raised Catholic. So at that time, I think I, I still believed in heaven, but like I hadn't really reckoned with, with death, yeah. you know, like I hadn't experienced it really in, in my life very luckily. Like, and um, it was just like, it's a lot of emotion in a song and like a pop song on the radio. Um and, you know, with the music video that was playing on, on whatever music video TV was back then, I yeah. can't really remember, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's incredibly, um, it's like, you know, designed in the way that you can conduct, kind of like yeah. craft a song and, and design it to really pull at those, um, those heartstrings and, and tear ducts. <laughs> so what was the emotion? Sadness? Yeah, I guess so. I guess just like. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I don't know. Like, uh, imagining someone that I loved passing away and having to kind of, like, deal with that. So it was all hypothetical. But, I mean, I was, I would have been, like, I don't know six or something like that yeah. and even like, even that was a lot <laughs> it's a really strange like i can pinpoint the day that i had that that moment and i, I was on holiday with my grandparents and i just thought and i was i was a bit homesick i was missing my, my folks and i was like oh my god my mum and dad are gonna die one day and that was it i was just a complete wreck and now you think <laughs> for some reason, I just never considered it before, and I was like, "Oh God, this mortality stuff—it's real. Like, this is this is awful, and it is, it is strange." And I think that is something that's quite hard to make sense of when your your emotions are so you know in its sort of formative years, really, still sort of not really worked out. That kind of thing, I think, it hits hits real hard. So yeah, totally. So tell me a little bit about where, where you grew up. Whereabouts? Um, I grew up in Auckland, New Zealand. We moved there from. I was born in Jakarta, uh, Indonesia. My mum's Indonesian. She's from Manado, but my dad's uh, Pakeha, New Zealander. Um, and we moved to Auckland via Australia when I was four years old. I think so. I basically grew up in Auckland, yeah. um, in New Zealand, um, and yeah, we grew up in like I don't know the East, East Auckland, which is kind of like the suburbs area, like out of the city. Um, Auckland's very sprawly but there's like a central downtown, but East yeah. Auckland's about an hour on the bus away. And happy uh, memories growing up yeah. there. I guess so. Yeah. Like I, I, um, I wasn't like a problem, a problem kid or anything. I, I was, yeah. I was pretty shy and I like liked school, I guess. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I, I, I didn't really have a problem um, with the, f- like fitting into the kind of framework, which I don't think is a, a, I'm not advocating for that framework. I know it doesn't, it doesn't work for, for a lot of people. And I think that that is a, a bad thing, you know, like the, sure. the way that the educational system set up. But for me in particular, it was like, it was fine. I was, I liked learning and I liked, um, I don't know. I liked, I liked school and, and I liked that at um, my high school, you could learn as many instruments as you want. And it was, uh, you could go in school in class time and it was, and it was, uh, and it was free. I think you just had to pay like a, token instrument fee that I just wouldn't pay and they just would lose track. <laughs> um, instrument higher fee. Uh, yeah. And I picked up like guitar and trumpet at high school and, um, 
yeah, it just, uh, I think my, my kind of childhood was fine, but then like, I don't know, you can take it to anyone's childhood. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, was, and find. You, you mentioned school, and we'll get onto that in, in a moment, but just going back to home, was home musical? No, no. Um, it, like none of my family is, were kind of like musicians or um, even like big, what I call like music fans, like, you know, yeah. where they're like collecting music and actively engaging in, in music. But, um, you know, there was always music on. Like my mum listened to, I guess, the easy listening station in the car, which I guess back in the 90s would have been playing a lot of like 70s yacht rock and yeah. like whatever genre Billy Joel is. Yeah. And then like Spandau Ballet. Yeah. Um, so like there was like a, a period of time where like I knew all of the words to all of those songs, but I didn't know who any of the people were and like um, all the names of the songs or anything. And um, But I, I have a huge soft spot for like that kind of, that, that I don't know, that genre or that like <laughs> um, style of music. And uh, I, I still really enjoy it. Well, look, you, you, you touched on school. So let's, let's for track three ask you, um, if if you can tell me, uh, please, the song that reminds you of your time at school, please, please. Yeah. Um, so I put here a song called Boats and Birds by Gregory and the Hawk, um, which was, this was, um, reminds me of school, maybe like uh, early to halfway through uh, high, uh, college, high school. I'm not sure what um, you call it, but um, yeah. So, uh, and me and my best friend, um, Chelsea, were, like I was kind of like one or two years into guitar lessons and like exploring ultimate guitar.com. And she was making me like mix CDs of music that she was finding on MySpace, which was um, kind of the music discovery platform at the time. I guess that this was like pre YouTube pre yeah. um, obviously pre Spotify and stuff, but um, yeah. So like bands would have like maybe two or three of their songs up on their MySpace page. And, yeah. Um, she added this song to, a mix CD for me and I just loved it. Um, and I loved to play it as well on the guitar. It was really simple. And I think it's kind of like in learning to play and kind of learning the lyrics of those songs that like, I kind of found that there is like a real magic, even in something that's so simple because you, cause I was, I would listen to it and kind of be like, I don't understand this. It's making me feel a lot of emotions <laughs> and then to then play it and be like, these are the pieces that it's made up of. And yeah. the pieces can be so simple, but um, you can end up with something that's much greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah. And also the emotion of the song, it's just like, it's something that I really related to as a, as a kid is like, um, it's not necessarily a romantic love song. It's just like a song about knowing that the people in your life who are important to you, friends and family, like they're going to go off and do big, exciting things. And um, it's okay to just be a cheerleader for them and just be like, I love you. And I want you to go where you want to go and do what you want to do. And I'll, then I'll be here if you like when you get back. Did you know what you wanted to be when you was at school? No. <laughs> was music did, did music seem anything more than a passion? Did it and and if it did, did it also feel viable that coming from where you come from, was there opportunities to excel in in in, in that area of you know uh, uh, you know as a career? Like, where, where, where was you at sort of at that point? Um, not really. Like, I, I'd heard that, like, being a musician in New Zealand professionally was, like, incredibly difficult, not something that you could really do. And it makes sense. It's, like, it's a small kind of country and, the, like, the market or whatever isn't 
maybe big enough to support that many. Um, you have to be very popular <laughs> in New Zealand to mm-hmm. have a career only in New Zealand. But then, and you know, there were always bands that you'd hear of like, who would like get big overseas, you know, like the D4 or like, um, uh, um, sorry, I'm, I'm blanking. Uh, like Stereogram song was on like a, was on an, an iPod ad and like, mm-hmm. um, you kind of like watch these bands go overseas and like do their best and then come back and it like, it, it was like an ex- fun experience, but like it's, it, it was like hard to make it stick. Um, but I think it wasn't until like after what much after I left school and university and was just like committed to the idea of being a, just a musician, like in life where you're like, this is something that I, I, I clearly can't not do, which is something I didn't really realize at school. Yeah, I was like, it's something that I enjoy, but I, I ended up studying. I ended up like, um, you know, having a day job and, and teaching trumpet, but then like just having it be basically the world in which I wanted to be in more than anything else. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really think it was a viable career until much, much later. <laughs> was you a creative kid though? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> maybe I, I was, I, I, I think I had very intense in, imposter syndrome until now. <laughs> like I really? was like, I think I think I knew I kind of had a knack, but I was like, but that's different from being a musician. Like the people that I knew, I was like, they know what they're doing. They are musicians and they have a plan and they're gonna make it happen. And I'm just I'll like kind of maybe I can tag along or something like that. And um but I think looking back, I think I did have kind of a knack. I think I kind of have a knack. But as much as like Next, next, the thing, but then, like, you know, you, it, it, music is a skill that you can get better at, right? And you, and you can, songwriting is a skill you can get better at, but I feel like, um, I don't know. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about imposter syndrome because it's, it's a question that uh, I sometimes ask guests as well. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, and, and it's something that I don't feel ever goes away like I, I, I was lucky enough to speak to the, the, the Foo Fighters on here and and hearing oh. them say yeah yeah we get we get imposter syndrome every fucking day and I was just like how like because surely you've reached the pinnacle of like what you set out to do and and you're you know you're in this stadium band where like you know what but they said like you know if I walk into a room I I, I feel like I'm still blagging it and and I just find that really fascinating and like just just tell me where you're at with with, with that because I don't think it it 
it clearly doesn't matter who you are, where you are. I think if I think if you don't have imposter syndrome, I think you're a bit dangerous. <laughs> I think like you'd be a bit worried if someone <laughs> never had that, like and was just completely comfortable in every environment with uber confidence. I think I don't really want to hang around with that person. But um, but yeah, where 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 are you at with it? And how do you how do you yeah. deal with it? Guess it would, you'd make it'd be interesting to see what kind of art that person makes an art that's coming from a place of just like absolute confidence and um, certainty, yeah, <laughs> or something, and and that that what you're making is is, is right. Um, I don't know. I don't really know how to deal with it. I think the way that I've managed to deal with it is by just being really lucky, and that the people that I'm around have been very um, like supportive. I feel like that's why, yeah you know, like having a kind of community of, of, of people that you play music with, like to me, music is a social thing, right? Like, um, which isn't everybody. For some people it's about, you know, being on your own and writing and expressing yourself. But I feel like to me, it's, it's, it's been some, it's always been something that I like you share with other people and you not, you know, collaborating to different degrees, but at least like sharing it and like sharing space with other people at gigs and, and sharing, sharing your music and them sharing their music with you and playing on each, playing in each other's projects. And I feel like that's something that's really helped me. It's just like um, having people who are just like, what are you making? I want to, I want to hear it. Like um, yeah. even when I'm like, ah, oh, but it's terrible. You don't want to hear it. Like just when, I don't know when, when you kind of feel safe with the people around you sharing what you're working with. I feel like that is one way to kind of, help <laughs> because yeah. if it's just you and your own then it's it's very hard to believe that you're making anything of quality <laughs> yeah tell me about the first record you bought from a record store ah uh, yeah so this was the the request was the first song that you bought you, from you a looked store. devastated then you haven't got to be everyone's <laughs> first record shit don't worry you're 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 in you're in a safe space here Liz. okay great um I, yeah so it, i think it was i think it was this cd single from like the music shop sounds at the shopping mall you know yeah and my mum kind of walked in and like it was the first time that i actually like went in and chose a cd off the shelf yeah um and then and, and she like she bought it for me, you know. And it was yeah, I think it was Sugar Ray when it's over. <laughs> that maybe is that a band? Is that a band maybe that has no imposter syndrome? That guy from Sugar Ray did look like he was pretty cocksure of himself. It's just interesting because I, I think this this is like um, a particular genre that I feel like I've been talking about. We've been listening to and like talking to about recently in the band. This kind of like uh, some call it like radio rock. And like, um, compared it to like a song by uh, that you know, like Teenage Dirtbag by Weedus or something like that. Yeah, it was all kind of part of that sort of sort of second wave of sort of would you call it like skate pop punk type thing? It was all like yeah. American Pie era, wasn't it? And lots of kind of some forty ones and things like that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just it's like uh, it's just gross because I was like, what? But why? What? What about? Um, Teenage Dirtbag, which has kind of like stood the test of time, is a song that people really like. Um, do you know what people like? Do mock that, right? But I think that that's a really good pop song. That oh, I love it. It's like yeah. I think it's a masterpiece. Like, yeah, it's clearly it still speaking to people. Yeah, 
absolutely but, yeah but then like this but yeah but sugar ray kind of like uh i don't know it, it has in the same way and then i was like maybe it's that perspective of like teenage jetbag is like from the perspective of being like an outsider or something and with mm-hmm. sugar ray i feel like it's the opposite it really feels like the perspective is like I don't know, like a cool guy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Which maybe is kind of like less relatable over time or something. But I listen to the song. I think it's I think it's pretty good. <laughs> I think Teenage Dirtbag's always the, the kind of you're always gonna be nostalgic and champion the underdog, aren't you? And it feels like the kind of the underdog yeah. anthem, whereas you know that dude from Sugar Ray would have been a right frat boy, and uh, yeah. <laughs> it does feel that way. I don't know. I'm, I'm giving him a hard time. He might just be a really nice yeah. guy. <laughs> Maybe he's, he's making he's making his art. I, I don't want to yuck any yums, but um, I'm just I was just wondering about why this song, yeah, yeah. which feels like in production very similar, yeah. but um, okay, yeah, All right. the... we're cutting some slack. Um, <laughs> poor man. <laughs> Uh, track five. I, you, I'm so going to go and check him out on social media once we finish, just to see what he's up to. Um, <laughs> I'll leave, and no, I'll leave him be. All right. Um, the song that soundtracked your years clubbing. You a clubber? Uh, I never, I never went, and I kind of wish I had, just because it was there. But like my friend group wasn't wasn't really doing that. We were like by then we were all gigging fairly regularly and like mm. doing that and i was studying and i was studying like uh, jazz music so i was kind of like dove really deeply into that and i just never really went clubbing and i wasn't like super cool so i wasn't going to like lots of parties <laughs> or anything like that but um the odd party that i did go to i feel like in like late high school or something like yeah i feel like umbrella by around it was a song that really broke through with me where i was like yeah. this is Great. I think we probably did the terrible thing of like we probably played that while we were bus busking late. Oh no, by then we weren't busking anymore. But we probably played that um, in our like folk band, which is a terrible thing to do <laughs> to do with, like a folky cover of a of a pop song. But um, it just so you- it just spoke to us again. It's a song about like being there for somebody. Yeah. Like I think that's it's a it's a beautiful. It's something that really I think connect songs that do that really connect with me when they're about like I'm going to be there for you. So yeah. You know, that's a great record. Um, Buskin, tell me about that. When was that happening? Oh, that was like uh, with my best friend Chelsea, which um, the Boats and Birds era. Yeah, like I was learning a bunch of songs on the guitar and she would sing them and I would sing back and vocals um, probably when I was like, you know, 14, 15. And then that turned into like, she was like, we're a band now. And she made us a MySpace page. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure, we're a band, which is my imposter syndrome again. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it turned out we were a band and we did end up um, getting a gig. And then we um, started playing with a, a friend who was a bass player. And that was like my first experience of being in a band and playing like all ages shows and playing um, in the like folk scene and then the indie scene in Auckland, which everything kind of like melds into each other. It's, it's that kind of small kind of music community. Um. You, you, you know, yeah. you, by your own admission, from what you said, it sounds like you're very studious. And you know, when you were saying you were sort of deep diving into uh, studying uh, jazz, and and you didn't go clubbing, and you've mentioned imposter syndrome. So to then go out and busk, and to then walk on stage and do shows, front a band. Tell me about your relationship with confidence. Yeah, with like on stage. Um, yeah, it was like 
luckily in those first th- times of like those years of, of being in a, in a band, like I wasn't the front person, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. it was, I feel like it was a way to kind of, cause I was so nervous. And then, but I feel like, like anything, like with the more exposure, it was just basically exposure <laughs> of a, a period of time. I got, got less and less nervous being on stage and it helped that I didn't have to carry the show. I could just kind of like yeah. chime in with a stupid joke and, um, and I got that was that's very addicting. If if you say something funny on stage and people laugh, well, <laughs> it's 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 uh it's 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 too addictive. Um, but yeah. So by the time I actually ended up having to front any of my own kind of projects later on with with whatever I was playing, um, I just I had done it enough that I don't know. Like on stage doesn't make me as nervous as other situations. I think. Yeah. Uh, sometimes like a really big show or like, you know, something unusual, but generally I feel nervous before. And then once we get on, I, f- I feel like um, I'm, I'm fairly comfortable there, which is, which is strange. I feel much more comfortable there than I would, you know, going to a party where I don't know many people <laughs> or yeah. something. Yeah. You know, I get that. Yeah, totally. Let's take you home. Uh, track six, favorite song from an artist from your home county, please. Well, there you go. So, um, county, county in the UK is like region. Yeah. Or... So yeah, it'd be region. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll go with, well, so I've been talking about my best friend, Chelsea, who I made music with in, in high school. So this is her, um, some of her music. She's this incredible songwriter who like, I learned a lot from, I guess, from growing up together and seeing the way that she approached kind of writing lyrics. She's one of the like most cunning lyricists that I've ever met. She's just like so witty and like um, funny and um, just a great way of like twisting words around. And yeah, um, this really interesting perspective that is all, like, I feel like I've got a kind of self-disdain in my songwriting, but I feel like she has too, but it's like, it's really, it's a completely different perspective um, that I really like. But anyway, so the song is called Laugh It Off by Chelsea Jade. And it's, um, it's great. It really is great. Um, I've played it about three or four times today. Uh, I, I was listening to it when I got sent the list of, of tracks over because I hadn't I hadn't heard it before, and it's fantastic. The production's amazing. Mm, she's she's just this huge talent, and um, I'm just constantly in awe, in awe of her, and uh, I think she's just great. Confidence aside, um, you've chose a super competitive industry to to build a career within. Tell me about drive. How driven are you? Um, I'm pretty, I'm fairly driven in it. And I guess in my own way, we're, we're all, we all are like, we're, it's in a way that's just like, we, we want to work as, as hard as we can to kind of like not miss, we want to work as hard as we can. We want to not do anything that's going to, you know, mess it up I guess yeah. if that's if that's the word like it feels like when I when I was growing up you would kind of hear all these stories of bands and like where they almost like get so um overwhelmed by the, by the pressure and like it was a world before people were talking about mental health and like substance abuse as much and like it was so easy to kind of like have your opportunity present itself and just like I don't know just 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 mess it up somehow and end up like um, just getting stuck in like a kind of a, a pattern of 
of, of something of like, I don't know, behavior that kind of not behavior, like you just fall into, I don't even know what I'm saying. Um, yeah, just like messing it up somehow. Yeah. And we just, I just didn't, I didn't ever want to feel like we, none of us really want to feel like we have done that. So I feel like we just have to strive to be making as good music as we can and then like sure. working as hard as we can to kind of tour it. And we're still having fun and like taking care of each other and yeah. enjoying trying to enjoy that process as much as possible. But for us, it's like the the most important thing is, is, is the music and making sure that when we play the music, we feel like we've done it justice and we've, we've like made the people who have come to shows or who are listening to the songs who've been, <laughs> who've given you a little piece of their time, a piece of their life, um, making that feel worth it. Um, yeah. Okay, last track, and you get to play Tastemaker here. Um, can you tell me, please, a song that you think many people may not know that you would like them to hear, please? Yeah, so this is a song by a fellow New Zealander, but he's not from Auckland. He's from uh, Mosgiel, just out of Dunedin, the South Island. Um, and he's one of my favourite songwriters, potentially ever. His name is Anthony Tonin, and the song is called Old Images. And... um it's just, it's a song that I feel like makes me, just makes me cry every time. It's, um, it's this, this kind of like, I guess it's a love song, but it, it kind of explores. Cause I think something that we've all felt of like some being with somebody that you love and kind of maybe seeing a picture of them from an earlier time. And um, like maybe before you knew them or before you knew them well and kind of wishing that you could kind of meet that person and um, kind of see who they were back then and, all, all of the things that made them into the person that you know them as, as now. Um, I just think it's a beautiful piece of songwriting and, and I really like it. Wonderful. Well, we, um, we put together a Spotify playlist uh, to accompany the podcast list so people can go and uh, check out that track, all the other tracks that you've chosen today and obviously uh, some of your music as well. Um, so with that in mind, um, tell us what's happening uh, with your music. Where, where's, where's the rest of the year at? Um, well, we've, we've released three singles and our, our album comes out at the time of speaking, uh, in, in a few weeks time, but it comes out September 16th. So, mm-hmm. and we're currently on tour in the States. We're in North Carolina today. So it's, um, that's been really great to be kind of back on the road and, and working hard and yeah, it all feels like all the, it's getting busier and busier and then the album will come out. Yeah. And at that point it has to just live on and do its own thing. <laughs> wonderful what can people expect from the album uh songs there'll be 12 of them and um yeah it's if you're familiar with us then it will hopefully still feel familiar if you've never heard of us before give it a try uh, i i don't really i don't really think i can convince you <laughs> just okay. by talking about it but um and so if people do want to um go and explore what you're doing where's the best place to keep up the speed with tour dates and releases and such um, all the usual spots where we are on like Instagram, we have like a $2 a month Patreon, which is if you don't want to be on social media, it's kind of like a way that we kind of keep people yep. uh, abreast of what's happening. And, um, That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's worked quite well. It's nice. It's, it's a low, it's a low, low amount so that yeah. it's not, um, we don't have to make a lot of bonus content, which I'm not sure that sure. people want anyway. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, well, we'll, we'll tag you in this uh, when it comes out, if that's all right, so people can go and, and find you if they haven't already. Um, we'll share the uh, the Spotify playlist so people can go and check out all your picks uh, and obviously uh, the Befs as well. Um, have a lovely time touring. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been a delight talking records with you, Liz, and, and have a Thanks wonderful day. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of yours. There you go. Gave me a bit of time, mid-tour, steaming across America, playing some amazing indie pop. Um, if you've not checked out the Befs already, what are you waiting for? Go check them out. Uh, all the usual places. I mean, I love the fact that they do a Patreon for those that aren't interested in social media. What an incredible idea. If, like you, you're sick, to, like me, you're sick to death of, of social media. I have to do it. It's my job. It's free advertising, but... Yeah, what a lovely space. If you haven't got to do that, you can just head over to a Patreon and it's all just sitting there and uh, your one-stop shop. Love that. Love that. Um, yeah, so uh, go check out Tour Dates. If you're in the States, go see them. Uh, if you're not, keep an eye on what they're up to and where they're going to be. And if you do get a chance, go check them in. Uh, also support them on the socials. Also give them a listen and uh, and buy that new record when it drops. I'll be back next week. In the meantime, go check out the back catalogue. Love to see you at a live show. So please get involved with the Patreon. Um, like I say, 80 pence a month. And uh, and that'll give you access to come and join the live show. Um, and, yeah, hundreds of back catalogue episodes. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Hey,